It is Mother's Day 2019, so again, Mother's Happy Mother's Day. It is Mother's Day 2019, and I'm going to preach a message today entitled, The Why of Motherhood. The Why of Motherhood. As we start this morning, I'm going to ask if everyone would stand with me as we begin today with a word of prayer. The Why of Motherhood. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for such an awesome Savior. I'm thankful for such such a tremendous promise that we have in Jesus Christ, the the forgiveness of sin, the redemption of our souls, eternal life, not of any work that we could have ever done. And so, Lord, we come and we praise you this morning. We worship you this morning. I pray that the the fruit of our service so so far has, has been to echo your praises up to you. Lord, we come now and I pray as we begin to to hear from you, to study your word, I pray that it would be truly a supernatural event, not a normal event, not not a lecture, not the passing on of information, but I pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, I'm thankful for mothers, thankful for the institution of the home, your grace and your plan. I pray that today that we would all be instructed in your word. Lord, I pray that the result of that would be there would be a a tremendous impact. And that's my prayer, and I voice it to you. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't leave here the same, that we wouldn't leave here with the same dulled priorities that we came in with. And I pray that the impact would be tremendous in our homes, in our lives, in our marriages, in our kids that we're raising, in the town that we're living in, and all of it for the glory of a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we come today and we tell you we love you. We worship you and we praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is a radical message. It is a simple message, but it has with it radical, radical implications. Now, let me just tell you, today's message you will not hear in the world. In fact, you'll hear the opposite. The world wants to to silence this message. The sad thing is, you might not even hear this message in the church today either. And that that truly is the sad thing. The church many times today has begun to grab the world's ideas, the thoughts of the world, and and to intermingle them with, with the truth of our faith. And so let me just tell you today, this is a radical message, and I believe it's going to bring radical implications, and I pray for a a radical impact. We need this message today. Now, before we start, some may say, well, I'm not a mother here today, especially all of the men. Be sure this is a message we all need to affirm. Be sure this is a message that our men have heard in our men's lunch the last several weeks, this is a message that the, the home needs to affirm, that the, the dad, the head of that home, he needs to affirm. It's a message that the church of Jesus Christ needs to affirm today. And so understand, this is a message for everybody today. Again, the why of motherhood. The why of motherhood. Now here's where we will start. We will start by laying out today what motherhood is not. You know, there's all kinds of crazy ideas out there, especially in 2019. There's all sorts of of crazy ideas. And so we're going to begin today 
by laying out a few things that motherhood is not. Now, listen very carefully. Some of these will be really good things for you to hear. First thing is this. Motherhood is not just the ability to have kids or to produce offspring. And I'll just tell you, that's a a pretty good starting place. Just the ability to have a child doesn't for sure make you in God's plan for motherhood. And so motherhood is not just the ability to have kids. It's not just the ability to produce offspring. Second thing is this. Motherhood is not a hobby. It is not a hobby. It's not like, well, I'm bored and so I'll try this. It's not like getting a pet. You know what? Oh, I love, I love, I love dogs and I love kids. I think I'll see if I can have some. It is not a hobby. Understand that. Here's another one. Motherhood is not a status symbol. It's not a status symbol. Now, I respect mothers, and when I see a mother as, she, as she's walking through life with her kids, I respect that, but understand, it is not a status symbol. Today, sometimes, oftentimes, when we describe someone, we will say, she is this, and she is that, and she is the mother of two, or what have you. Understand, motherhood is not some sort of status. Here's one some of you probably need to hear. Motherhood is not a payback. It's not a payback. You ever hear someone say all the bad things you did, well, now you're going to pay for your raising. (laughs) Ooh, this one here, you're going to pay for your raising. Sometimes I hear people say, you know what she needs? She needs a kid. That's what she needs. (laughs) It's not a payback. God doesn't say, oh, you're going to get yours. (laughs) It's not a payback. Here's another one I think that's very relevant today. Motherhood is not a box to check. You know all the things that you you need to have or to do to be a success. And sometimes we come out and we have these boxes and we we decide that someone, you know what, you need to fill these boxes and, and you need a college degree, check. And you need a great job, check. And you need a great neighborhood and you need for sure to go to church. Oh yeah, and you need to have kids. It is not a box to check. Sometimes we act like it is. This is not a thing that we have to do to measure up to somebody's idea of success. It's not a box to check off and the things that must be included in life. Here's a big one. Motherhood is not a contest. It seems the world has made it a contest to outdo other people in this area. And then I see mothers and they're, man, they're working hard to have their kids and all the matching clothes and they've got all the bows and all those girls' hair and it's a contest. Well, look at here on Mother's Day what my kids look like and then look how yours showed up and then it goes to other areas of your life. Their, their school lunch, you gotta outdo folks with your school lunch and my kid shows up and he's got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and, and you've got a five-course dinner in color-coded Ziploc bags. True story. And the idea is you must be awesome because of the facade of the awesomeness 
of your kids. And I'll just tell you, women are judged by that today. Women are judging each other on that today. And you just listen to their conversations and it's, it's like they have a pity for each other. Oh, well, y'all aren't playing soccer this year. Oh you, oh, you missed the great reading day at the library. Oh, they didn't sign up for piano lessons or whatever society or club. And women are wearing themselves out in a fake contest. Listen, motherhood is not a contest. It's not a place to outdo somebody else. It is not a contest. Here's another one that's been put on ladies. Motherhood is not a measure of self-worth. Now be sure and hear that. Motherhood is not a measure of self-worth. A lot of women, their self-worth is tied to this. And you know what? They're a mother and I'm not. And so I have a lower self-worth. That's not it at all. Other women, you know what? I'm succeeding in this area. And so for sure, I'm a success in my life. Or you know what? It appears right now that I'm failing in this area. And so I must be a failure in life. Motherhood, listen to me, is not a measure of success. It's not a measure of success. Now here's a free one that I just had to add in because it's 2019 and we would have laughed at it 30 years ago. Motherhood is not for men. We need to understand that. I, I was watching an article this week about these two guys and, and one of them decided to be the mother. Uh, motherhood is not for men. That's just a free one this week. So the question is this. The question then becomes, so what is motherhood? If it's not those things, what is motherhood? Now I want you to stay with me. The problem is when we are defining motherhood, we are looking at the hows or the how-tos, and that's, that's really what we're consumed with. We are, we are consumed with today, we are wrapped up in today, we are stressed out in the hows of motherhood. And when we think about what is motherhood, we are tying it to the, the hows of motherhood. We have made motherhood all about or defined by the hows of how we would raise kids or the how-to raise kids. Now let me think about some of these things. All right, what is motherhood? Well, these start to be the questions that a mother's gonna have to answer. We start to focus on cloth or disposable. That's a consideration. When Sarah Jo was a baby two years ago, <laughs> it was a big deal about baby powder. Are you gonna use baby powder or are you not gonna use baby powder? That was a big deal. Now, let me just tell you, I, I put that pink baby lotion all over my babies because there's no sense in having a baby if it doesn't smell like a baby. <laughs> so I would take that little baby and then I would put that pink lotion on her and she, she would smell like a baby and then I would douse her in baby powder. <laughs> she, she looked like a powdered donut. If, if you came up and tapped her bottom, it would look like the air brakes on a semi went off. Poosh, powder would blow off of her. That was actually a discussion. Are you going to use baby powder or are you not going to use baby powder? Here's, here's another one. Are you going to spank or are you not going to spank? And if you are going to spank, what age are you going to start spanking? And if you are going to spank, what age? We were just trying to figure out the other day. Do you stop spanking? 
Are you going to be a hard disciplinarian or are you going to be one of those free range people that just says, you know what, we'll just let them loose and see how they can figure it out. <laughs> what are they going to grow up eating? Are they going to eat all the healthy things or are they going to grow up eating Red Baron pizza, chicken nuggets, and honey buns? <laughs> Breakfast, just get a honey bun. We're in a hurry. Are you going to make them go to church or are you going to let them decide for themselves? That's a conversation. Are you, going to, are you going to make those kids come to church? And at what age are you going to stop doing that? Shouldn't it be a decision that they make on their own? Are you going to let them decide for themselves? And then the, the list just goes on. What about their friends? And how involved are you going to be in the selection of their friends? What about the sports that they'll play? What about the activities that they will bring in? When should they date or should they date? The answer is no. What about cell phones, smartphones? These are new things. What about the internet? What can they watch and when, what age can they watch it? What, what about the movies that they watch? I was reading some stuff online and there's a couple of places that were having big discussions. This is an actual discussion for raising your kids. How many cuss words should they hear in a movie? And some were saying, well, it's a really good movie. It's a really good story. And it has really good points in it. And everybody's watching it. And it only has four cuss words. And I think they can handle that. And they're going to hear it anyway. When should they hear cuss words? Should you pick a movie accordingly? And listen, you can go on and on and on. And you can go crazy with the hows of parenting. You can go absolutely crazy with the hows of motherhood. Listen, you can read all the books, and I know people that have done that. You can consult all of the experts, and you can try to figure each thing out, each little how. You can try to have an answer for it, and I know people that do that. Listen to me this morning. I'm going to give you the best advice on parenting that you will ever hear. Now, that's a pretty aggressive statement. That's a pretty bold statement, but I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to give you the best advice on parenting that you'll ever hear. Listen very carefully. It's not about the hows. We need to get rid of the hows. But rather, hear me today, it is about the why of motherhood. And I'll just tell you, we need today on this day a radical understanding of the why of motherhood. We need a radical understanding of the why of motherhood. And I'll tell you, our homes would change. Our expectations would change. Our parenting would change. Praise the Lord, our kids would change when we understand the radical truth of the why of motherhood. So listen very carefully. As a mother, the greatest thing you can do and the only thing that will matter is that you raise kids who know Jesus and who deeply love Jesus. Now I want you to hear that again. As a mother, and I've been telling our men the same thing, 
The greatest, best thing that you could ever do. You don't have to survey the world. The greatest thing that you could ever do, and you listen to me, the single only thing that will matter is that you raise kids who know Jesus and deeply love Jesus. And if in God's power and if in God's grace you pull that off, you will have done something valuable with your life. In God's grace, and God's power, you pull that off. Listen, you will have done a successful thing in your life. Listen to me, Christian parents. That is our standard. That is our goal. That is how we are to evaluate all things. Should we do this? Should we watch that? Should we permit this? Listen, the question is, does it add to our kids knowing and loving Jesus Christ? We need a radical revival of the why of parenting. I want you to be very sure. And I want you to hear this. Because, man, we've messed this up. Our jobs are not to make them popular. Our jobs are not to make them fit in. Our job is not that they would get all the things that they want and that they are happy in life. I hear that and I hear that. I want my kids to be happy. Oh, I want to do the things that they're happy and my job is to produce happiness in their life. Listen, that's not our job. Our job is not to build self-esteem in them. That's what the world says today. You know what their answer is? Self-esteem. You know how they're going to stay off drugs? Self-esteem. And you know what you need to put into those little kids? Self-esteem. That is not our job. No, our job is to build into them a love for Jesus Christ, and the rest of that will work itself out. Do you believe that? Do we really believe that? You know what? Your job is not to worry about that stuff. Your job is to to build into them a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I know he is the hope for sinners. I know he's the only hope I have. I know that he redeemed me through the, the work of his sacrifice, his death on the cross of Calvary. I know that he has risen today and I can't help myself but love him. It is our job to nurture and to build that into our kids. Do we believe that? Now let me tell you what that's gonna do. That's going to mess up your plans. That's going to make you weird. That's going to make you strange. It's going to make you not like everybody else. Can you stand that? You know what? You're going to have to go against a culture that's going a different direction. You're going to have to go against a culture with a different priority set. Can you stand that? Oh, today that Christian moms and dads would would raise their kids to know Jesus Christ and they would quit worrying about the popularity contest of the culture. They would quit worrying about the esteem of the culture. They would quit worrying about the trappings of the culture that they would raise kids that know and love Jesus Christ and that would be their priority. It's not the hows, it's the why. We need a great revival of the why of motherhood, the why of parenting. Let me tell you something. 
Satan has sure done a number on us on this. Satan has sure done a number on us on all this. And he's actually turned everything upside down. He, he literally has turned everything upside down. And we'll say, you know what? You've done this and this and this, and you must be a great parent. You know what? These things are showing up in the life of your kid, this and this and this, and you must be a great parent. And Satan has taken the system, and he's actually turned it opposite upside down. We've bought into that. We've, we've bought into that. We've eaten it up. We've, we've totally eaten it up. Listen, we're so far off track today in what it means to be a Christian parent. We've absolutely eaten it up, and I'm talking about us in the church. I'm gonna tell you something. I, I want my kids to hear me. One of the great things is, as being a preacher is I can sometimes talk to my kids. I want my kids to hear me. Listen today. I don't care what your class rank is. Not really. I don't care what clubs you belong to. I don't care if you ever play a college sport. But my hope and my prayer is that in the time that you are under my care, that you learn there is a Savior and he is real and he's our hope and he stands and his name is Jesus and you would have a love that brews out of you for him. That is my hope for my kids. Now let me show you, I could have gone a million places, but let me show you this in scripture, this, this truth in scripture. I could have gone a million places. Let me show you this. And it's pretty interesting how it fits today. In Proverbs chapter 31, there is a description of a woman, a wife, a mother. And it is pretty popular on Mother's Day. Now, it's popular other times as well, and I've heard it preached through. I'll tell you this, I've preached through part of it on a Mother's Day. But it is oftentimes misunderstood and misapplied. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. Hear what I'm saying especially by men. Here's this description, and it's a description of a woman, a wife, a mother, here in Proverbs 31, and it is oftentimes misunderstood. It's oftentimes misapplied, especially by men. Now, if you read it, it gives this description. I'm gonna summarize it for you. It gives a description, and it says of this woman, this wife, this mother, here is her description, and this is just part of the description. Again, these are my words. This woman is trustworthy. This woman helps her husband. She actually brings honor to her husband. She, she, he is more honored having married her. She brings honor to her husband. She is a great cook. She runs a structured house. She gets up early. She stays up late, sometimes all night. She works like a mule. It says her arms are strong. She sews, she even makes her own thread before she sews. She makes her husband fine clothing. She makes her kids fine clothing. The town respects the family for the fine clothing that she has made from the thread that she has woven. She, when her extra time, makes fine clothing and she goes to the marketplace and she sells it to bring in extra money for the house. She also adds to the finances of the household by selling and buying real estate. It says she buys a field and she sells it for a profit. Not only that, so she's bringing in money, she also takes the extra money and she gives it 
to the poor. She always says the right thing is what the Bible says. She teaches her kids in kindness is what the Bible says. She is so valuable, more valuable than jewels is what the Bible says. Now here's what I want you to notice. If you notice, that is describing her. That is what she does. Now, now, now go back and read that. That's, that's, that's her description. That's, that's what she does. That is, those are the hows. Those are the hows. I'm afraid that when women read that account, they're not encouraged, but I think the opposite may be true. Now, I'm gonna tell you it's all about the application, but I'm afraid when women read that account, they're not encouraged. I think the opposite is true. I, I think they read that account and in such an impressive account, but they read the account and then they sit there at their house and they say, oh, but I'm trying. Oh, but I'm trying. I'm working. I can't seem to catch a break. I'm working as hard as I can. Oh, I'm doing my best. It doesn't look like I'm gonna get any help. I'm doing my best. I read that, but you know what? I don't measure up to that. I can't do all of that stuff. I'm trying all that I can, but I'm failing. And then some pop belly man says, Where do you find a wife like that? <laughs> Acting like that is the standard. Look and go read it again. God never says, Do those things. Go read the account. He says, That's what she does. God never says, wife, this is what you do. This is how you measure your success. God never says to do those things. Those are the hows. Ladies, but he does give the why. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, listen to this. It says, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I want you to see that this morning. That is the why. That is the why. Now listen, those things, those are what she does. Those are the hows. But this is the why. A woman who fears the Lord. Listen, it is about knowing the Lord. It is about loving the Lord. It is about being astounded, amazed, blown away by the Lord. It is about being so excited about the Lord, so astounded by the Lord that it begins to shape everything in your life. It begins to be the system that you evaluate everything through. A woman who fears the Lord. Listen, it's not about all the hows. It's about the why. Here we find a woman who loves the Lord and everything is impacted by our love for the Lord. Friends, we need a radical revival of the why. We need hearts today to be impacted by the why. Listen to me, and I'm not talking just to mothers right now. We need our love for Jesus to be the standard of all things. What kind of man are you going to be? What kind of husband are you going to be? What kind of mother, what kind of wife are you going to be? What kind of person are you going to be? We need people so impacted by their love for Jesus Christ that it becomes the standard of all things. We're not having to wait it out. We're not having to vote piece by piece. I love the Lord and it shapes my life. We need a revival of the wise today. 
Here's the question. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that? We need a revival of the wise today. Listen, we need to be so astounded by Jesus. Have so much love for our Lord that it shapes every piece of our life. Today is our parent-child dedication service. And we're going to do it a little bit different, differently today. In fact, a lot, a lot different today. And let me just tell you some things. I regret today how we've done this in the past. And I, I've come to a new conclusion, and that's okay. That's a good thing. But I, I think sometimes in the past, we come and we go through the motions and we do this religious thing, and I think that's an expression. We want to do some religious thing, and we take pictures, and we put pictures up here, and we, we give them a gift, and we check that off. Done it. Dedicated them. Done it. This week, I was looking at some of the pictures of our, our past parent-child dedications. One year, 23 babies we had up here. Now, I was looking at the picture and some of those folks I never saw again committing to raise their kids in the nurture of the Lord, a church committing to back them up and surround them in it, never saw the person again. Couldn't tell you their names if I could find them. My fault. I don't think I made it clear in the why. I, I don't think I made the why personal. And so how we're going to do this today, we're going to change how we do it, and I think it's going to be a good thing. How we're going to do it today is this. If you are here today and you are raising a kid, and if you're a mom or if you're a dad or if you're a grandparent, if you're an aunt, if you're any person that's raising a kid, and you're here today and you would commit to the why, not to get your picture made, but you would commit to raising your kid in the nurture of, of the Lord that they would know Jesus Christ and they would know Jesus Christ when they're two and they would know him a little deeper, a little better when they're four and they would know Jesus Christ when they're seven and when they're nine years old and they're somewhere on a playground that they would know Jesus Christ and when they're 12 years old and changes start to occur and the pressures start to come that they would remember Jesus Christ and when they're 16 years old and the pressures are coming for them and the pressures are intensifying that they would have that love for Jesus and when they're 18 and a half and they walk out of your house and your influence begins to wane and shut down that they would have an astounding love for Jesus Christ. If you would commit to saying, well, I'm gonna do all of the things that promote that, all of those things. If you would commit to raising your kids in that understanding, to know Jesus and to love Jesus because, listen to me, you know Jesus and you love Jesus. If that is your heart today, I'm gonna ask that you would stand. I don't care if you've done this before. I don't care if you came to the front of another service. If you're here today and you're raising kids and that is your heart and that is your God honest heart today, I'm gonna ask if you'd stand and I'm gonna pray for your commitment. Let's go to the Lord. Remain standing.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come. And the first thing we do is, Lord, we get low on our face and tell you, Lord, we are so sorry. I'm sorry for missed opportunities. I'm sorry for, for bad priorities. I'm sorry for days that I let slide by. Lord, we're sorry. Lord, we're sorry that we let a culture become attractive. Lord, we're sorry. And Lord, we ask as parents or those that are raising kids that you'd forgive us. Lord, please forgive us, forgive us. And you tell us that as of now, if that's our heart that you do. And then we, we tell you, Lord, we, we trust this to you. We ask for, for guidance from your word. And we ask for direction from your truth. We ask that, Lord, you'd help us be obedient with our feet, with our mouths, with our hours. And I pray that we would actually raise kids that know Jesus Christ, that love Jesus Christ. And when our influence is gone, that that love would still stand. Lord, I pray for those kids. I pray that you'd protect them, that you'd shield them. I pray that you put great and godly influences around them. Sometimes, Lord, you'd, you'd show them grace where we do mess it up, and we're gonna mess it up, Lord. Show them grace in those areas. And Lord, I pray for an army of kids that are weird, that are strange, that cannot no longer fit into a sorry culture, but that stand boldly in their love for Jesus Christ. Lord, help us do that. Help us do that. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask if you'll keep standing. I'm gonna ask if the rest of the church would stand also. Now I'm gonna pray for us as a church in this commitment. I'm gonna pray for us as a church in this endeavor. Listen, church, this is our duty. This is our charge. This is our great privilege. We have a stewardship when it comes to our families, our kids. Let me ask you this. Can you imagine a church that was producing faithful followers of Jesus Christ, another one and another one and another one. And they had a foundation that would last, that wouldn't be rocked, and they were obedient to their core, that they left here to go tell people about Christ, not go sow wild oats, but tell people about Christ. That is our calling. That is our mission. That is our commitment as a church. Let me lead us in prayer. During Father, we come and I pray for Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that we would stand upon the truth of God's word, unwavering, committed to the truth of your word. And I pray that we wouldn't have to go take a poll, we wouldn't have to see what's popular, but that we would turn over and over again, not to a person, not to a teacher, not to a pastor, but to the living, active word of God. Lord, I pray that we would put it in our kids' hearts, that we would put it in their mind, and then in that they would see the Savior of that word, Jesus. Lord, help us to be stewards of that. Help us to be faithful in that. Help us as a church to commit anew to that. And then, Lord, you take it, you bless it, and you use it. We trust this to you. We thank you for the opportunity. And I pray in Jesus' name as well. I'm going to ask if you'll keep standing. We're going to conclude our service now with a time of invitation. And I want to tell you, if, if you didn't notice, all of this starts with you. You, you can't take somebody to a place you haven't been. You can't lead them to a truth you haven't embraced. And I want to tell you, it all starts here with you. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, listen, today is that day. Today is that day. God in his grace offers salvation to you, not in coming to church a bunch of times, not in doing any religious works. He, put, he offers it to you by faith in the finished work of his son, which means this, there's nothing you can do. You can't pull it off. You trust him because he's already done it. 
Listen, we're sinners. We've sinned. The Bible says in that sin we've earned a punishment. We're separated from God now and for eternity if we die in that state. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is he goes to the cross. He bears God's wrath, my penalty for sin. He bears it on the cross. He dies. They put him in a grave. Three days later, he walks out of that grave victorious as the risen reigning King Jesus. Listen, the Bible says if you put your hope in him, if you put your trust in him, if you'll profess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, today in this hour, you will be saved. If that is you today, in just a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation and you slip out and you come and meet me here at the front. Listen, it starts with you today. If that's you, don't miss this opportunity. If you want more information, you come. Let's settle that today. If you've made that decision, but you've never fought in believer's baptism, go read the New Testament. It's always by immersion. It's always after the point that a person's saved. It's testifying to what we believe of Christ. If that's you, you come as well. We'll set a, a date. It'll be an awesome celebration of what we believe of Christ. If you're here and, you, and you're looking for a church home, listen, this happens in the context of a church. We uphold the word of God in the context of the church. If you're looking for that church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God has led you here, you come as well and we'll unite to serve for his glory this purpose. Maybe you want to come and just pray at an altar. Maybe you want to pray with me. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If God is leading you, if he's led you, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here at the front.